Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. I love that each drummer plays the same rhythm, but with a different vibe. Uh, Because here's what I think. I think that all of us live our faith journey out serving the same God, but we've got a different rhythm to our life. And if you can just learn to play your groove, uh, JC and Troy and Brandon uh, all play the drums. And they play the same songs. But they play a little bit different groove. Like it's still the same rhythm. There's still, the, the cadence is still with the song, but the rhythm is just, it's just, it's just played a little different. It's got, a, it's got different, uh, it's got different inflections and different little grooves in it. And uh, I, I kept leaning over to my wife. I'm like, listen to that groove right there. Listen to that little rim shot he keeps grabbing. Look at what he plays that. See, he rides a cymbal a little different. I like it. G money, beep, beep. You are doing it, dog. So, um, yeah, that's just, that's free. Like, you don't have to pay for that. that that's, that's just, so man, thank, uh, man, thank Mike for serving this morning, man. Picking up, uh, jumped on the, the sound team. Man, I'm just going to say this. Uh, we don't do membership here. It's just, uh, this is not a country club where you get a membership card and like green fees. Um, uh, we, no, this is, a, this is a movement that you're a part of. And we know you're here when you plug in. So man, plug in in your giving, plug in in your attendance, plug in in your serving. And we love to see people serving and we celebrate that. Um, so I believe this, I believe that everybody has a talent that God's given them, whether you're 8 or 80. God's given you something to serve. And for you to bury a hole and stick your talents down in because you're afraid is not a good excuse to your Heavenly Father. That man, there's nothing stopping you from hospitality or from serving or from wrestling kids. I mean, watching, uh, ministering to kids. Uh, that you... <laughs> You have a place where God wants you to plug in and, and not to do that, man. I feel like you're, um, man, you've just got a bigger gift to the kingdom than that. So, man, I've been out of town for like seven weeks. I preached once in that seven weeks. Uh, just so you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, um, the quick version this morning. I don't know if we're going into a series or this is a one-off, but we'll figure that out, right? Um, but uh, I really just took a 60,000-foot view of my life and our church and the ministry and where we are and where we're going um, People say, uh, scripture says that people uh, perish because of lack of vision or prophetic understanding of what God is about to do. Uh, man, I don't want to be that. Uh, I want to know where we're going and what God's called us to. Um, there are about 144 churches in Alamance County. I'm not content just to be another one. Uh, we're going to be on a mission for a mission. We're going to live on and with a purpose. And if we can't do that, then we need to go somewhere else. Shut the doors. Let's join another church that does have vision. Is that too plain? Did I come in just wide open? Because last service, Josh is giving me the look. Uh, Josh and I are tight, and he's going, "You're strong, brother." Look, it's been seven weeks of me before the Lord. So, like last service was a little raw. Like we're not using that service. This is the greatest hope we've got for a podcast. Because um, there were some moments the team liked them. Um, I just feel like I pushed the bubble a little too far, so I'm gonna back it down about three degrees. So here we go. So we're in a series uh, or a message or so we're in something called What's Your Blood Type? Um, So this week I had an opportunity to go to the hospital and visit somebody who was having a blood transfusion. And they ended up getting a couple of units of blood. And uh, it started this conversation of what's your blood type? And so I'm A negative, uh, just in case I die today, you know, uh, give me A negative. Um, My question, do you know your blood type? Like if, if we went around the room and I said, hey, what is your blood type? Do you know? Because they say that it's really important that you know your blood type. Um, so I did this in our leaders meeting, and there's always this one guy in the crowd who's funny, 
and you wouldn't think it's TJ, but TJ is quick but dry-witted. So if you no, if you if you go too fast, you'll miss what he says. But usually it's funny. So I'm going around the room. I'm O negative. I'm I'm O positive. I'm you know B negative. I'm blah, and they they go through all this stuff. And and I get to TJ. I'm like, hey bro, what's your blood type? And he's like, red and mineral minerally. And I'm like, they're all red. Like. Yep, tastes like blood, right? So I'm like, you know, we all bleed red, but but really knowing your blood type is super important. Uh, the reason I know that is because I went to public school and I Googled it when I was getting ready for this message. And I think it's the American Heart Association, but if I'm wrong, uh, Google it yourself. But somebody said, um, knowing your blood type is important in case of an emergency situation requiring a blood transfusion. And here's what dawned on me is that you don't really know what blood type you are until you're in an emergency. Because an emergency always reveals what's inside of you. So like, if you don't cuss except when you're mad, in that emergency state is when you figure out what's really in your heart. If you don't panic, unless if it's a health issue, then you know that, that, that what's really going on in your heart is you trust God with everything but your health. If you only panic over money, then you've got a trust issue when it comes to your finances with God. So what happens is, is the emergency re- reveals what's really inside of you. Because it's only when we're put under pressure. Have you ever, have you ever hung out with somebody and then they went under pressure and you're like, ooh, cuz just flipped out. And what you th- go is, I didn't know that they were really like that. Scripture we're going to lean into in a minute talks about that, that, that what beats in our heart is really what comes out of our life. And it's in those, it's in those moments where we're leaning into maybe needing a transfusion that we figure out what really beats inside of us, what's really going on in those deep places in our life. So it said, man, you've got to know your blood type in case you have, a blood, have to have blood transfusion. So my next question was, Well, what do you say about a blood transfusion? Here's what it says. It said blood transfusions are used for patients who have experienced serious injuries. You know what dawned on me? We are all injured. If you've gone to church, I don't care what church, even this one, anytime the church has hurt you. You know why? Because the church is full of hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. Here's the weird thing. If you were raised by parents, you've got parent issues. Not because your parents weren't great, but they were people. No matter how much your parents loved you, they screwed you up in something. And if you weren't fortunate enough to be jacked up by your parents, you were jacked up by somebody else. And then you got married to a person who caused you serious injury. And if not, you had kids. And if you weren't goofing them up, they were goofing you up. No, no, no. Until you have a kid, you don't understand what it's like to worry. Can I get a witness? Like, like if you're single and you don't have a kid, uh, you don't know anything. No, I'm serious. Well, I got a dog. It's like a baby. Your dog is not a baby. I think we should leash both of them from time to time. But it's not the same thing. It's like it. I like it. A learner's permit is like a driver's license, 
but it ain't the same. Does this make sense? So, so it dawned on me, man, you're not going to get out of this life without serious injury. It's not going to happen. You remember, the, I'm living my best life. <laughs> Maybe. I, can I be honest with you? I'm trying to figure out how to lean further into what God called me to live in my daily, everyday, ordinary walking around life. Honestly, my life, when, when things are not going well, is when I start. Can I be honest? I don't have a problem. When like, like if somebody today, if you want to write a $10,000 check, you will see me rejoice. That was free, by the way, just in case you're, if you're praying about it, I'm okay with it. Um, but you know what? What do I do when the finances are thin? Do I still have that same positivity? Do I still have that same echo of God in my life? Man, when I'm, when I'm, when, 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 when I'm not frustrated with people, am I good? Am I as good when I'm frustrated as when I'm not frustrated? So I leaned in and I, I, we were sitting in this hospital room and, and this whole transfusion conversation came out. And here's what, here's what dawned on me. I need a blood transfusion every day. Because I am born with very sinful blood. I have a blood disorder. Not physically, so you, know, you don't have to pray over that. I mean, pray, pray for me however you want to. But, um, but I've got a blood problem. The problem is, is that the blood that predominantly and, and prevails in my body tends to be very fleshly. And Scripture says that when Jesus came, He bled and died. Why? So that we could take on the blood of Christ. So that we could infuse His sinless blood for our sinful blood. So that we could look more holy instead of more sinful. So that we could react more like God to the world around us and less like what our flesh wants to do. So if you respond, was that's just how I am? You haven't taken on enough of Jesus. Well, you know, I'm redheaded, so I got a temper. You know how we are. No, you, you're a blood-bought child of God. You need, to react, you need to act like you're His kid, like His blood runs through you, not your Irish blood. Does this make sense? You, you are who God says you are. You can be what God said you can be, but you have to be willing to take a blood transfusion. So what happens is this. Um, let's start with negative blood. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep your heart with all vigilance. In other words, guard your heart with all vigilance. For from it flows springs of life. In other words, this. He said, man, you, you, you have to guard your heart because, because if you're not careful, what will come out of your heart will be robbed from who you really are. Um, now, we live in the South. And here's what I know about people in the South. We love our guns. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because we're on TV, but if you got guns, you got guns. I know felons that have guns in the South. Now, a lot of pastors won't tell you that because they only hang out with spiritual people. I, I hang out with the people that are sick and need a doctor, right? So I know a lot of felons. I know a lot of them have guns. I ain't going to rat them out, but I know, they've got, I know they've got firearms in their house. Now, here's the thing. If I looked at you and said, hey, here's the deal. At 2.03 tonight, somebody's going to break into your house. Now, how many of y'all know that a 12-gauge shotgun pump makes a very distinctive sound? And generally, if you're thinking about breaking into somebody's house, the distinctive sound of that gun racking back is followed by a smell of a robber pooping his britches. <laughs> Those two things go in common. But if I looked at you and said, hey, at 2.03, some of y'all at 11 o'clock, 
you're going to be waiting on the porch. Now, um, I, I, my family, we grew up in, 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 on the Virginia-Tennessee line. and My mom and dad had a house up on a hill when they were first married. And, and uh, my uncle would come by and visit. I think he actually lived there in an in a apartment below him. Um, and my mom, it was my oldest sister was just born, and my mom was rocking her. And she heard the, remember the old metal screen doors? And she heard it open. And she called out and asked my dad if it was him. My dad used to bowl a lot and was gone at night. And, and it, they didn't answer. So she called her brother's name and they didn't answer. And she heard the door go back shut. Kind of freaked her out a little. She thought, well, maybe it was the wind. But then it happened again. It happened three times total. And finally, my, my granddad had left a, a shotgun, a single barrel shotgun that breaks down uh, at, at my mom and dad's house. And so my mom put the baby in one arm, went got the shotgun out of the closet, dropped a shell in it. Left it broke across her lap, had a baby in one arm and a shotgun in the other. Any mamas know what I'm talking about. Because listen, my mama loves Jesus and loves people, but she will kill you over her kid. And all the mamas in the room said, Amen, ain't nothing wrong with it. Look, bears are not bears are not mean, but you mess with a mama bear's cub and she will eat you. Sure enough, the fourth time the screen door opens and the door handle begins to jiggle. And my mama lays that baby down in the floor. And right as the intruder opens the door, she snaps that shotgun and puts it right on the tip of my dad's nose. And from that moment on, when my mom calls my dad's name, he answers. <laughs> the reality of, is this. She had time to prepare vigilantly to defend her child. Scripture says you are to defend your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You don't have, you don't have a mouth problem. You've got a heart issue. And Jesus says, man, you've got to guard your heart so close because you are either going to be a positive person that attracts people to Christ or you're going to be a negative person that repels people away from Jesus. Now, here's the thing. If you want to press a button, tell me that you're sending me thoughts because I've never had anybody send me a thought. You're not a Star Trek, per a Vulcan. You Are you reading what I'm putting down? No, it's you can't send somebody a thought. You also do not have the ability through willpower to change. You can't run... From something, you have to run to something. You can't run from sin, you have to run to God. Right? So to go, hey, I'm going to clean my mouth up. No, you're not. I'm going to be more positive. No, you're probably not because you're not running to something, you're trying to run away from something. You can't, remember when you were little, I'm going to run away from home. No, you're not because you can't cross the street. So instead, we're taught to run to something. We're, we're, we're taught to run to working out our problems. We're taught to run to these things. And so what happens is this, is, is when we decide that we are going to run towards faith, that we're going to run towards being what God created us to be and respond how God chooses to, for us to respond, when we decide that we're going to become something, not run away from something, we begin to change. So you can't just, just go, I'm going to be positive vibes. One, if you're letting vibes off, you got other issues. Here's the thing. Matthew 12, 36, uh, 36 and 37 says this. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. 
For it's by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. So how do we how do we accept Jesus into our heart? Thank God we had somebody first service give their life to Jesus for the first time. We're we're jacked on that. Maybe maybe second service will have the same thing. But here's the thing: Scripture says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. So it's with your mouth that you confess what your heart wants to do to serve Jesus, right? And Scripture also says, man, out of the abundance of your heart, those idle things that you don't think matter, matter. What's coming out of your mouth? Even those careless words that come out of your mouth matter. Because everything you say is either bringing you and other people closer to Jesus, or it's repelling you and other people further away. So, I decided this. Um, I ordered a whole bunch of Sharpies, like way more than I will ever use in my life, I think. And so what I started doing, I, I had somebody ask me, did I get a, a, a tattoo on my hand? No, I'm not a big hand tattoo guy. I have my wedding ring put on, but beyond that, I think I'm good without. I'm not judging if you got tattoos on your hands. It's not for me. But what I did was I, I went, I ordered a green Sharpie because somebody should put a church together and use green and black as their colors because they're just dope. Anyway, our church colors are green. Anyway, so so I, I just I it, I think it turned out like a cross every time I do it, but really it was meant to be a positive symbol, just a plus mark. And I put it on my left hand because I drive like this. Scripture says that we're to confess our sins one to another. Right? I struggle the most as a believer on I forty eighty five. I'm tempted to say things I'm not tempted to say anywhere else. I will call people things other than a child of God that I would never. I literally got ready. So I visited a bunch of churches. I literally got ready to get their window stickers and put them on the back of my car in case I did something bad. It didn't make y'all look bad. Right? But here's what I figured out is that when I get up and I'm vigilant about my heart, when I make sure that the confession of my mouth matches the posture that I want my heart to take, then I look more like Jesus. So I put it on my left hand so when I'm driving and I get ready to, to think or do something bad, I'm like, God, this is what you've called me to. You've called me to be positive. You need my blood type to be positive. Because by default, I'm a negative. I'm an, a negative person. I'm a, I'm a pretty a negative person. Anybody wrestle with that? Like when you start talking politics, I'm negative. When you start talking future, I'm pretty negative. When you start talking hope, sometimes I'm negative. And I'm, I'm the hope dealer. Should, shouldn't every Jesus be a, like Christ follower be a dealer of hope and faith? Because geez, you never heard Jesus go, you know what these Romans, man, this whole country's going to hell in a handbasket. I don't know what we're going to do. Because here's the thing, if, if you really believe that something's going to hell, isn't the answer always Jesus? So, positivity is nothing, is, is nothing but, a, but a buzz common word for faith. Man, do I have faith that in the negative things, God is working positive? Do I have faith that even in the worst circumstance, that God said what the enemy meant for evil, I'll turn to good. 
How does, how does Paul sit in a prison cell with, with, with Silas and they worship till doors come open? Because he choose, chose in the negative to worship the positive. Does this make any sense? So my wife and I went to visit Robin and Kevin. Uh, you know, they lost their son recently, 20-some years old, sad. Um, but in that, we went down and we, we visited with them. Man, they're doing so good. Continue to pray for them. But God is just turning a negative into a positive. We're actually talking about how we take uh, money that has been donated and will in the future be donated in His option, honor and work with people that need mis- mental and... Um, and uh, substance recovery in the future. We're actually partnering with a, a place out of Texas uh, that literally went to zombie uh, row or street and they are literally plucking people off the street to give them Jesus and recovery in Texas. So they're taking them out of the, and we're, we're going to champion with that and we're going we're gonna to partner with them and we're going to do some of that in Tyler's name. But, but we're, we're taking what the enemy meant for evil and we're going to turn it to good in Jesus' name. So my wife and I went down to visit. But before we could connect with them, we spent a little time together. And, and uh, uh, we, we went to eat dinner. And it was raining and the storm was getting ready to blow. But I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. So I wanted to eat outside because we were waterfront. Can I get a witness from anybody? The ocean just does my soul some good. Okay, I'm the only one. So, um, so we're sitting there and this poor waitress comes out. And who eats soup in North Carolina in July and August? Only people that don't truly know the Lord. So, so this, this waitress comes out and she's got the platter thing and she's carrying it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this gust of wind comes like... And the soup goes flying in the air. Right behind me. And so, it hit me like a wave of chowder. And it goes all over my back. It's in my hair. It's on my arms. And it goes over my head and hits Pastor Tracy in the face and her hair. Then it hits the people behind him without missing. So I'm like, like, what's the right response here? Like, ah, right? Like, one, it's hot. Two, it was a surprise. (laughs) When I signed up, I went, hey, when you bring some soup out, can you? Anyway, so we had no idea. And look, without missing a beat, Pastor Tracy goes, well, at least it's good soup. <laughs> I start laughing. I turn around to say something to the waitress. She is almost in tears and just bolts. And I'm like, look, girl, you didn't like, come on, you didn't mean to. So like, I start wiping myself off and I look over and I'm like, hey, you got some like on, like on your face. And so she starts, you know, because you don't want to mess your makeup up. Women know what I'm talking about, right? So you're blotting. And then I'm like, girl, it is all in your hair. So we're like getting it off. Well, then the waiter comes up to bring us more napkins because when I say we had soup on us, we had soup on us. And cuss starts wiping my back. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with guy code, but unless we're really tight, you don't come up and start like wiping my back up. Can I get a, can I get a guy witness real quick? Like now, if we're tight, like if we're besties, you might like on the slide when nobody's looking, but sitting in the middle of an outdoor restaurant is not when you come and wipe my back down. And so in, the, in this moment, I've got like all these things that are in my brain and trying to connect with my mouth. Can I get a witness from somebody? And most of them have nothing to do with Jesus. So I've got a choice to make. Do I infuse and let my blood come out of the abundance of my heart? Or do I take a transfusion? So I looked at my waiter and said, hey, I need to, I need to see that young lady, please, just for a minute. And you can, the tension is thick. And she comes out and I said, look, you need to understand something. 
that was an accident. You didn't like conjure up some wind so you could soup everybody, right? And if somebody's upset with you, just let them be upset because we are all humans. And we all make mistakes and we all have things happen that are beyond our control. And unless if you have the ability to, to control the wind and wave and I don't think you're Jesus, stuff happens. Now I looked at the waiter and and he's like, hey, do y'all need to go inside? Because by this time, it's starting to sprinkle rain. And literally, we were like, no, look, the rain going to wash the soup off. We're good. We're just going to finish eating. We're going to, we're, and I looked at him and I said, look, man, here's the deal. We're going to give you like a 50% tip because I need you to understand that it's all going to be okay. You've, he handled it like a champ, man. He was so good. And so we're sitting out there and we're eating. And all of a sudden, it's not sprinkling anymore. It is freaking raining. And when I say raining, I mean like a monsoon. Like two of every animal started walking by me. And so we're sitting there, and they came by and said, hey, do you want to move somewhere? We're like, no, because it was just, we kind of missed it. And now it, it's literally, we're laughing because it's running down our face and dripping onto the table. So I get my plate up, and I walk under that little over, and I say, hey, man, could we, could we move inside? Because my shrimp are swimming again. Right. <laughs> and he's like, man, I don't know that we got a table. I said, well, if you don't, it's no problem. I'll eat standing up. It's not a big deal. Like 80% of the world's going hungry. Me standing up eating a couple of shrimp at a nice restaurant in this view is not a big deal because I need to transfuse what is really going on in my head to make my heart become subject to the will of the master. So we ended up sitting down and, and they found us a place to eat. And we're, we're shoveling food because, man, this is how these people make money. So we need to eat and get out, right? Because they just lost 50% of their dining space. And so I looked at the guy and I said, dude, you handled this like a boss. I just want to tell you, you know, you have an attitude that most Christians should have. And I pastor, I don't know where you're at in that journey, but man, you look like Jesus. I said, can I talk to your manager? And then he got creeped out again. He's like, great, Karen's here, right? And so, so his manager comes over and I said, hey, you need to understand something. Your servers crushed a bad experience. They, they can't do anything about soup line. Like, that wasn't anybody's fault. Can we, can we just all agree? Nobody, that wasn't negligent. It wasn't, you know, it's not like she poured hot coffee in my lap. She just dropped a bowl of soup. Life happens. But what happens after that is what made the difference for us. Your servers kept a good attitude. And they kept, can you please convey to her that we are not upset and that we are just, man, your team handled this really, really well. In my heart, I wanted to go, I'm covered. I smell like clam chowder. And I'm, I'm soaked in like, not just like, like I'm soaked through and through. And I use a lot of hair gel. And when that stuff runs, it's unco- all my hairspray users know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, that feels great. I feel like I'm sunburned and it's peeling, right? Like, here's what I know. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt talk. Corrupt there, the, the, the literal interpretation from strong is rotten or worthless. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. God said this, don't let, don't let your conversation become rotten. Now, when church teaches about that, we treat, don't tell dirty jokes, don't cuss, right? That's, okay, can I be honest with you? I almost think sometimes God would be better with you occasionally saying a cuss word, but keeping a right rhythm to your conversation. Like if your conversation is grace-filled, but, but maybe has a little bleep here or there, and I'm not, I'm not condoning you saying it, right? Like this is an advocation, go cuss, right? Let's let everybody know we're blanking Christians. That's not the idea, Okay. But what I'm saying is, what if we put the emphasis on don't let anything rot somebody else's life? 
What if your conversations are so full of grace and so full of mercy and so full of positive like, man, let's point you towards Jesus? Because here's the thing. When you are negative, nobody wants to follow the God you're following. But when you're positive and you're like, look, it's okay. Have you ever, guys, have you ever been working on a car and you drop the 10 millimeter socket in the back of the thing? Now here's the, remember it says this, um, make sure that your positivity fits the occasion. Is that not what scripture said? Like, don't tell a joke at a funeral. And if you are, it better be a good joke. Like, like have you ever been working on a car and you drop something and your wife comes out and decides that's the moment she's going to be positive? Honey, you can fix anything. How about you shut up? I'm trying to find the socket. It's in the, I think you're, you're the bestest ever. How about this? How about you just close your yap hole and let me find the socket and get the blessed car fixed because it's in the back of... So sometimes your, your positive just needs to be held to the right time. Like after we find the socket. Uh, so we're trying to eat a little healthy. So we, we bought this like high-end flowery stuff that you got to use really sparingly. And my wife spilled it in the kitchen. And I missed the occasion part with being positive, being faith-filled, speaking faith over things. I walked in and said, baby, it's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. She said, it's, it's really a big deal because now we got flour in every orifice of our kitchen because this stuff blows like powdered cocaine in the freaking windstorm, right? This stuff. So I'm going to help her out. So I go get our robot vacuum cleaner and turn it loose on. Now, I don't know if you understand what a robot vacuum cleaner does, but it does not clean flour up. All it does is just smear it all over the place. So now I'm convincing her how this is still okay. It's not a big deal. So now my, my, my vacuum cleaner has a problem, right? Because it's blowing crack out the back of it like it's running out of Columbia. And so all I'm doing is making her worse. What I should have done was just walked in and be like, hey, what can I do to help? Nothing. Give me a minute. Dope. Because when that, when that 10 millimeter socket is lost somewhere in the firewall of my car and she comes out and goes, hey babe, you need anything? No, I just need a minute. That's the best gift you can give me. You are bringing me to Jesus, not causing me to go further away. Can I, can I help you in your marriage right now? Learn the occasion to be positive. What if this? What if you looked for Jesus more than you looked for the problems? Like this. I know he didn't take the trash out, but he mowed the yard. Which, which one are you going to edify him with? Which one are you going to build him up with? Hey, you're... My wife burns the bread every, every holiday. Thanksgiving, Christmas, to count on it. We put eight people last year watching the bread. A squirrel ran by. I have no idea what happened. We all took our eyes off the bread. In 30 seconds, it went from being yeast rolls to, to, to charcoal. Now, here's the thing. We can, we can make a big deal. God, you always burn the bread. All I wanted was one yeast roll. You know, I, I've been carb-free for seven years. All I wanted was one yeast roll. And you can't even do that right. Or you can go, girl, look, it's just some bread. Maybe the Lord needed me to eat a little bit more broccoli and a little bit more yeast roll. Maybe that's what we need. Can I get a witness from somebody who loves bread in the house? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you can take, what are you going to focus on? You want a, you want a better life? You want a better, you want a better thing? Man, be an encouragement to the people around you. My wife, my son is 24 years old. We finished our first work project 
yesterday without fighting. Get now, look, here's the problem. It took me 24 years to figure it out. That's not his fault. Remember when I told you you're gonna screw your kids up? It's because I am task oriented. I want to get it done. My building plan is if we don't have a plan, just start screwing some stuff together. It'll be all right. We'll figure it out, right? My dad used to have this saying, hoop or get off the pot. Should have been a proverb. My son is a thinker. He's a planner. He's like, mm, let me study on him. I'm like, why are you studying on him? I'm going to nail this together. Did you measure it? No. That's why God made sawzalls. My son's just got his head down. He's like, I ain't even looking up. Yesterday, yesterday, I just decided, look, man, we're going to be positive. This is going to be a positive deal. The, the, the devil, look, we may build this thing and it may look like this, but it, the devil is not going to be in it. So my son goes, hey, what are, you, what are we doing? I'm like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, there wasn't a plan when I started this thing. And you're coming in in the middle. And he said, well, how are you getting the doors on? I'm like, that's why you're here. He's like, no, I ain't doing it. I know how this turns out. I'm like, no, dude, you are the planner. And he's like, yeah, but I'm in the middle of the project. And it took me a while for him to see that it wasn't going to go down that road. And by the end of it, we're laughing. We got done and something didn't quite, I'm not even going to tell you what it was, wasn't quite right. And he's like, Pop, this ain't even even. And I'm like, well, look, do like this. <laughs> How's it look now? And he's like, well, it's straight. All right. Let's go in the house. Because here's the it was, I, ain't, I ain't rebuilding it. Can I get a witness from somebody? If it bothers you that bad when you come over to my house, the skill saw's in there, the wood's in the back, nail gun's in there. Help yourself, Captain. Can I get a whip? Like, it, but, but what is important to me is that we had a positive. I brought him closer to Jesus rather than making him think things that made Jesus want to cry. Because that's in my power to control. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in the good circumstances. Now it says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when you first read that, rejoice in the Lord always. I always th- I, in my head, I always hear, rejoice in the Lord always. Then again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Then again, I'm... Yeah, you rejoice when you drop a 10 millimeter socket. Paul didn't have 10 millimeter sockets. That's why he could rejoice, right? The reality of it, what, what the Word is saying is this, is, is learn to be positive because if everything works for the good of those who diligently seek the Lord, maybe we need to stop being in the moment so much and being in, 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 the, in the vigilance of our heart. God, okay, I'm frustrated. Let's put pause so that I can stay positive. Because you know what? This truck ain't going to be the end of it. We went to see Kevin and Robin, and on the way down there, I literally get on the interstate, and my check, my four-wheel drive light comes on with a wrench, which ain't never a good sign. So, so I turn the little, you know, pull over on the shoulder of the road and I run it into four-wheel low. My guys know what I'm talking about. I run it back and I, I've got to move my hand and the knob's in my hand and now I can see the computer board of my truck. That ain't a good sign. And what I got ready to do, because my panic thing is over stuff that has to be fixed, because if you don't know this, I can't fix it. So I have to pay somebody to fix it. Ford loves me. They see me coming and they're like, hey, we're getting bonuses. So I, I called my Ford. Come on. Josh knows what I'm talking about. We went to the same mechanic school. Called Ford. 
And so, so I, I call my Ford dealership. They're like, look, you're too far away from us. You need to go to Capitol in Raleigh and get them to look at it. And I pull in it, and the dude was so great, man. I said, look, I'm a pastor. I'm on my way to visit some people. If this is not an emergency, if it can wait, it needs it to wait. And he's like, man, it could lock your differential up, but you're probably okay. By faith, I just heard, you're probably okay. So I drove. And we came back, and, and I'm like, man, this thing's going to cost an arm and a leg. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? I choose to be faithful. So God, this is not going to cost me an arm and leg. This is not going to be a big deal. So my wife went in the grocery store and I watched YouTube. Look, the Lord can speak to me through YouTube. He showed me how to fix my car. And so I pulled the piece out and then I locked my differential. So when I pulled forward, all her, I'm like, that ain't good. That ain't good. I'm not a mechanic, but them wheels are supposed to turn. Like I had, I had matchbox cars. I know. Put the piece in there, wheeled it around a little bit, started working. Parked my truck, went, ordered the part. Part's going to be overnighted. Man, $46 from a place that sounds like O'Reilly's. And um, showed up the next day. Guess what didn't come in? But it'll be there tomorrow. Now, I didn't even show up. Like I get up at 7.30. I'm like, hey, I'm going to fix this because I got an appointment to drive my wife's car in. Hey, I'm here to pick up the part. And they're like, oh, man, it, you know, it's not going to be here till tomorrow. I'm like, so you didn't like, okay, you know what? It's not a problem. So drive the Ford dealership. They say, hey man, we'll have one here Saturday morning. Are you good? It's a little bit more money, but it's a real part. I'm like, real Ford part. I say, hey, I'm down. I put through it in in literally five seconds. But here's what I wondered. If I wouldn't have stayed positive and stayed faithful to the call of God above the broken part, how would it have worked out different? What if we say this in all circumstances? We're going to look to not only honor God, but we're going to look for God. I can find the negative. Finding the negative, a blind man can find the negative. Finding the positive sometimes. Paul and Silas are locked in an inner cell with a life sentence. Really a death sentence. But they choose to seek the positive, which is God. God is the only thing that's positive in this world. Can we get, a, can we get an agreement? But they chose to reach out to the positive. They found the positive in the negative and doors fly open. Maybe your doors fly open when you look for the positive being God in any and all circumstances. In any and all people. Rather than looking at somebody going, you know what, you're a big old jerk. What if you looked at them and said, man, you know what, if they got saved, God could use that kind of personality. Let me find the hope in all the hopelessness. Matter of fact, Scripture says this, Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know why? Because you may have to tell yourself more than once. Look for the positive, look for the positive, look for Jesus. Find some Jesus. Come on. I say it again. Look for it, look for it, look for it. Because I ain't seeing it. Rejoice does not mean... Right? Rejoice means, man, let me set my mind. Scripture says, have that mind which was also in Christ Jesus, let me transfuse your mind, your blood into my life so that I look like you, I talk like you, and I respond like you. Philippians 4.8 as we come to close. I love, I love when I end a service with something like this. Finally, finally, Pastor, when you're at the end of your service. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, Whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. 
It's, it's like going to the beach and getting a, a big scoop of sand in one of those one of those sifters. Anybody look for shark's teeth? I love look for shark's teeth. I'm looking for a specific one. Man, and, and, and sift through it until you find what you're looking for. He said, man, if, if, if any and all situation, sift through, look for these things. Jesus never tells you to look for something. He never takes you snipe hunting. Anybody ever take somebody snipe hunting? Tell them to hold a bag in the middle of the woods. And you take the one flashlight and you leave the woods. I'm going to scare it into your bag. God never has you looking for something that doesn't exist. It's in a squatch search. Jesus said in any and all situations, what about the next time you're stuck in traffic thanking God that you're not in an accident? What about, what about the next time? I, 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 anybody ever been to Ohio? Uh, Cleveland, Ohio? Cincinnati area? Yeah. Don't. Um, there's, no, there's nothing there. Uh, so I went and visited Pastor Dave there and he's, he's just struggling. Remember him in your prayers. But um, I got ready to leave and I, my family makes fun of me because I'm notoriously early to airports because I fly enough that I just understand stuff happens. And if I get to the airport early, I can always get something to eat, something to drink. But it's real hard to go and get the plane to come back down, right? So I get, the, so I get there and there are like eight lines deep, 300 yards long before you get to the TSA check-in. And we're all moving like this. And so in my heart, I'm about to lose my junk because I, the gifting, the tree of my life has love, joy, peace. It's itty bitty. Like, I got fruit, but man, you got to be real close to the tree to see it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I'm not a pain. Like, I know it's something that I need to work on. That's why... Why did I put a positive on there? Because I know that if it's not right in front of me, I'll forget it. So here's what I did. I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, can you move this freaking line? God's like, yeah, but you don't need me to. Now, I could, but you don't, you don't need me to. You need to find what I'm doing in the line. Okay, Jesus, be fine then. Be fine. So I started looking at the people around me. I thought, well, crap, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, so I started asking questions and I got them to walk into leaves. And then we started talking about Jesus. And here's the thing whether you like what I'm talking about or not, you're not going to the end of the line, you're not letting other people in front of you. So, you know what you're going to do? It's better than church. Once you're here, you're stuck. You ain't going anywhere. So I'm like, Lord, take all the time you need. Hey, have you thought about your condition? The eternal life? Like you can, if you want to set somebody up, just say this. Hey, what do you think about the world? Republican, Democrat, they ain't happy with it. Well, I think the world's going to hell. You know what? You know what people going to hell need? They need Jesus. Because you know what? I'm not living for this world. I'm living for the world to come. Because listen, if there's no afterlife, I'm running drugs and hookers out of Cuba. No, I'm telling you, if, I, if, there's, no, if there's no eternal life, man, I am, I'm making money, I'm having women, I'm getting high, I am, I'm grabbing everything that this world has to grab. But because there's a Jesus, because there's a Jesus, I flee sin, I flee iniquity, 
I flee. I'm not running because not because those things don't have value because there's pleasure in sin for a season. But it takes me to death. I want life and life everlasting. Meaning this, that in this world I have to look more and more and more and more and more and more like Jesus. So if there's a God, then we have to change. If this world's going to hell, then what it needs is a Savior. And if it needs a Savior, it needs somebody that's positive enough to attract people to it rather than to repel them away from it. Jesus hung out with sinners and prostitutes and all that, not because He was a sinner, because He was magnetically full of hope to people who were magnetically hopeless. Does this make sense? So here's my question. What if you decided to change your blood type? Now these are available. I'm not saying you got to do this because man, maybe you're a sticky note person. My problem is when I leave myself sticky notes, I forget where I put the sticky note. I have air tags on everything I own. I can't keep up with my wallet. I can't keep up with my phone. I can't keep up with my AirPods. I can't keep, so I just tag everything. So I just go to my phone or computer and go, oh, they're right there. Here's the thing. I've never lost my left hand. Thank God. Praise God. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put something that every time I'm sitting there writing or I'm typing on the computer or I'm driving my car or I'm talking to somebody, that's right there in front of me to tell me who God told me to be. How long are you going to do it for, Pastor? Do I feel like I get it down? I'm naturally not what God wants me to be. But if I can leave myself little cues to change and remember to follow Jesus... Well, do you still have bad thoughts? You better believe it. I-40, 85, yes sir, I do. But until I control myself enough not to act on it, I'm going to mark myself to look like Jesus. Does this make any sense? No, I'm not telling you to go get a tattoo. If you want one, go do it. But for me, a Sharpie, because it washes off. Here's a great thing. Do you know that even a permanent marker, I, I will sweat it off in a day. I get in a shower and I start doing it. I hand sanitize this one and it's about half down my finger now. The cool thing about it is when I put it on in the morning, it reminds me to put on that newness of God every day. And if I screw up, I just wash it off and start over. What if today you ran towards looking like Jesus rather than wrestling with the problems of being stuck in your current pattern? It's not going to be instant. This, this, this isn't a snap of the finger and oh, I'm positive now and everything skittles and rainbows. But it's a process going, Jesus, I'm going to look for you in everything because I believe that you're not only the author of my faith, I believe you're the finisher of it. And that you never let anything come into my problem, into my life that's a problem that you haven't already given an answer for. It's just up to me to sift for the answer. God, if my health scares me, I'm going to learn to trust you in my health. If finances scare me, I'm going to learn to trust you in my finances. If relationships scare me, I'm going to learn to... Man, I'm just going to look for the good. You ever talk to somebody who's jaded in relationships? I call them man-eaters. Whoa, here she comes. Watch out, boy, shoot you. Wow. You ever talk to a woman who's been burned? I mean, burned. All men are trash. You can't trust any of them. I knew you were just like everyone. And it's so negative. You're just like, peace, I'm done. You ever talk to a guy who's been burned? All women are, anytime you got to make an all, you're wrong. Ain't, ain't nothing ever, ever, you know. There's not a blanket all statement. Very few anyway. So here's the thing. Don't let yourself become that negative person that repels people out of 
your life. Be a person that's so accepting and like Jesus that you welcome everybody in. Now, some people have to sit at different spots at the table. Some people only need to visit periodically. But you can find Jesus in everything going on. When you do that, you'll start to live a life that looks more and more like Jesus. So whether you leave here, we did, I did put markers at the door. Attached to every tithe box, there's some Sharpies there. Uh, there's a green one, I think, on the, on the worship table, um, media table. But, um, you know, maybe you need to, maybe it's a sticky note for you because you don't want ink on your hands. Dude, I'm down with that. The, the issue is not do you mark yourself. Maybe you go home and you braid a bracelet and it reminds, I don't care what you do. But what if you decided to look a whole lot more positive Jesus to the world than maybe what other people do? Because here's what I think. I still think the greatest hope for the world is Jesus in you. Can we pray? Father, as we, as we prepare to close the service, First, if there's somebody who's here or you're watching online and you're like, you know what, Pastor, I am far away from God. I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, that is me. I need to accept Jesus. Maybe for the first time. Maybe I've walked away and I'm, I'm kind of trashing my life and this is my come home moment. Man, if that's you, will you just slip your hand up? Thank you so much. Anybody else? that You're just here and you're like, man, this is a turnaround moment for me. Here online. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Can we just pray a prayer right now, either of dedication or of rededication of yourself to the faith? Now, here's the thing about Thrive. You're not going to do anything by yourself. We don't want you to do anything by yourself. We're, we're, we're a team. We're a family, man. We do everything together because in a pack is where we find our strength. Can we all pray together, whether you're online or here? Can we just pray this prayer out loud? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I give myself to you. Totally and wholeheartedly. I'm yours. Forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. And give me the strength to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give these folks a round of applause? Biggest decision you can ever make. Now, now, we thank God that you gave your life to Jesus. Or maybe rededicated. But can I just say, that's not where it ends. Um, if you made this decision, I'm going to encourage you to email us at amen at thrivechurchonline.com. A-M-E-N at thrivechurchonline.com. Here's, here's one of the things the Lord showed me, and I'm going to be talking about this over the next few weeks. Um, I, I had the privilege of whitewater rafting part of the Arkansas River in Colorado. And it, uh, it's, it's like uh, 33 degrees at its coldest and 40 degrees at its warmest, and I was not happy. Loved whitewater raft. Really hate being cold. But, but before you paddle, especially some of the, some of the higher class rivers that you, you get there, if anybody's ever whitewater raft, they bring a boat out and they introduce you to your guide. Here's what I believe. I believe that life is full of whitewater. It's full of different classes in your life. And that if you don't have somebody helping you guide your boat down the river, you're going to drown. One of the things that our church is going to be super intent is about raising up some guides that can go paddle with you. And so here's what you learn when you first get there is they tell you to sit down. They tell you to put your crack on the crack of the boat. It's how you stay in and don't get thrown off. Because here's the thing. In order for you to drown, you've got to leave the boat. In order for you to drown, I feel like you've got to get thrown out of church. Because that's where your community is. 
And then they tell you really simple things like, hey, to paddle a boat. And you think paddling a boat's easy, but some people want to paddle just with their arms. And the problem is, is that, that you never start in the, in the, in the really deep white water. You always start with like class ones, which are kind of like, yay, these are fun, right? And because class fives and sixes are coming, which are like, oh my gosh, hold on and let's pray. Well, here's the thing. If you miss something in the basics, when you get to the white water, you're going to drown. If you don't have your life jacket, your helmet, man, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I, how do I, how am I a better husband? How am I, how, how can I be a dad? Man, start, if, you, if you're not married, get ready to get married. If you don't have kids, start prepping to have kids. Because by the time they're here, it's too late. But if you don't have a guide to help you na- navigate that, man, you're going to drown. Here's what we believe. We want to partner you. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we want to partner you with somebody who can help get your boat down the river. And we want other people in the boat with you because we believe that the strength of our paddle comes from from the community of people in the boat. Maybe you've been a Christian a while and you're like, Pastor, I could use this. Email us at amen at Thrive Church online and we will partner you with some people. Because guess what? Faith isn't intuitive. I love Jesus. But I got to learn some stuff. So I got to tell pastors when they're called to preach, I'm like, hey, preaching is a calling and an art. You don't just stand up and start talking and get it right. Sometimes you've been doing it 30 years and still put your foot in your mouth. So I'm just saying, it's not intuitive. So if you're one of those folks, man, we're going to encourage you to do that. Number two, our church makes a difference in a lot of people's lives, and it's done through giving. I want to take just a minute because there's two things I want to do. One, I want to brag on you because I got a call this week or a text actually from a pastor. He's struggling and he's like, man, I, he had texted me originally and said, will you pray for me? I'm not sure I need to stay at the church I'm at. There's just some stuff going on. And so we started praying with him. And then the next morning I woke up and he's like, you're not going to believe this. I was on my way to the meeting that I was praying for him with and literally a wheel fell off of his car. Uh, I think... Uh, Bush ball joints, thank you. <laughs> That's why I don't work on stuff. I know what it looks like. I can't tell you what it is. And um, he's like, man, my wheel fell off my car. And he kind of went to the church and asked him for some help. And it's not going to happen. And he's like, man, I, I don't know what to do. And I don't want, you know, I said, well, let me ask you a question. Could you hear for God easier if your car was fixed? And he's like, yeah. So we'll Thrive Church is going to fix your car. Don't worry about it. Drop it off the shop. We'll, you know, have it towed. We got it. And the guy began to weep. And he's like, man. That's only God. I don't say that for me or you, because I don't. First of all, it's not my money; it's God's money. Can I get a witness? Like it's your, you gave it to the Lord. It's just up to me to help steward it. Can I get a witness? Um, but it's what you did. You changed a pastor's life, which means this. Scripture says, if you give a piece of bread to a prophet in a prophet's name, you receive a prophet's payday. In other words, everything you help that pastor do, God will count it like you did it. Come on, that's dope. That's like writing home for one and getting ten. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's that's ridiculous. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.